Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. Wherever you are, God is worthy of praise. So let everybody in your neighborhood know that you are worshiping the Lord this morning. Come on, church. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder yeah. the king of glory the king above all kings come on this is amazing grace this is unfailing love and you would take You would take my place 
give some praise up to the Lord. You can leave a message and interact with us on our watch party and let us know that you're praising the Lord from where you are. And let's continue to give praise to God.
we're living in a time that many of us have never had something like this impact our lives before. But God is not surprised. God holds us. God has a way for us. God knows all things. And God can move mountains through it all. But I want to ask you this morning, are you holding on to God or are you holding on to things of this world? Are you turning your eyes to Jesus or are you turning your eyes to things that distract you from realizing that God is a deliverer and God is a God who shows up all the time and God's timing is perfect. So this morning as we sing this song, I want you to grab a hold of whatever you're dealing with, whatever it all is, whatever anxiousness you have, and just lay it down and give it to God and say, God, I want you to move in my life. I want you to use me. I want to surrender to your will, and I want to keep my eyes on you because you are a God who does wonderful things, who is faithful all the time, who works, and your promises stand for all time. So I stand on the promise of your love, your grace, your mercy, and your son, Jesus Christ. Come on.
you shouting we want you jumping around at home and saying God is worthy of praise do it again what a wonderful way to start your day let us go before the Lord and give him honor dear Heavenly Father Lord we pray to you this morning that you would be praised you would be honored Lord this would be your time that all the crazy distractions that are going on would be cast out and the enemy would have no place here Lord but that you would dwell among each and every one of us and speak to our hearts. Let us be reminded that there is joy in you, there is peace in you, there is foundation and truth in you. So let us hold to that. Let us hold to the promises found in your word this morning, Lord. And each and every day of this week, let us be reminded that you will do it again. You are a God who is faithful. So this morning, as we come into your presence, as we look into your word, let it speak to our hearts. Allow you to move, Lord, and let us be changed from the inside out to be a reflection of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. And if there is only even one person who is listening and seeing and watching this, who doesn't understand the love you have for them, I pray that you would move in their life today and you would draw them to you and you would tell them, I love you. I provided a way back to you through my son, and that they would want to take a step of faith in wanting to know your son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior. So we give you all the praise and honor in your precious name. Amen.
Hey, hey, you guys. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're glad that you're here. Hope that this service is a huge blessing to you and that it just sets you into a trajectory of joy and that it honors the Lord as you do. We have so much awesome stuff going down, y'all, and we're just going to hit it right away with these announcements. So first, today, August the 9th, from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m., we have our SVCC Kids drive through Back to School event. So all you SVCC kids and families, come on by. Love to be able to see you. All the leaders are ready to do so, and we've got some goodies for you, and we'd like to be able to pray with you. So we hope you can make it today. Second, we have our upcoming Rooted semester for the fall. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Rooted, it is a 10-week discipleship journey that's done within a small group context. Now, for the fall Rooted semester, it's going to be all virtual online, and it's just a way for you within that small group to be able to grow in your understanding of the Lord and of the church and for his purpose in your life. You're going to be diving deep into seven uh, Christian rhythms, I guess you could say, in the Christian walk. And they are things that if implemented daily, you will be able to deceive the fruits of God's work in and through your life. And it is such a tremendous experience and you're going to be experiencing it with others who are seeking to do the same. So if you're really run, wanting to take that next step with your your relationship with God, it is such a great way to do so. And we saw some tremendous fruit being born out of the first rooted semester we had earlier on in the year, even in the face of what's been happening in our world. And we just have seen God at work. And so we're excited to see what he will do coming up in the fall. So keep your eyes open on information on that, on how to sign up. But in the meantime, we're just inviting you to pray for your potential participation in that. It's going to be great. All right. And then the last thing we alluded to this last week, and I am super stoked about this, y'all. Let me tell you. Okay. So we are having our first outdoor worship gathering this month. Okay. We're calling it the gathering. It's going to be on Friday, August the 21st, 7.30 p.m., just right outside the worship center doors. We're utilizing the church lawn, the parking lot. Y'all can bring your own seats, whether it's your chairs or your uh, maybe some blankets or something like that. It's going to be great. We're going to have an opportunity to worship together. We're going to lift his name up on high. We're going to have some opportunity to hear from God's word and just allow for it to just wash over us and just to move us and compel us to do good in our community. And it's also going to be a great time for communion, y'all. I'm excited about that, too, because we've determined a way to be able to safely do that. So that's, again, on Friday, August the 21st, 7.30 p.m., right outside the church. Now, a few things that we want to make sure that you understand about this service just so that you're fully aware of what's going on from a logistical standpoint, okay? So we will be socially distancing in an effort to maintain safety at the event. Also, masks will need to be worn at that event. And uh, we want to make sure that you're understanding, too, that this is an event for about 250 people, and it's at a first-come, first-served basis. So we will not be having online sign-ups for that. It's just come. 250 people is what we'll be able to receive into that event. And we're looking to have this be a monthly event. And so depending on how things go, we'll make adjustments and make calls about that as uh, they happen, Okay. Hopefully you'll be able to jump on that. We are super excited because this is definitely something that we have been longing for as a staff and we know that you've been longing for it too. We want to take a time to be in fellowship and to collectively worship the Lord together. So that being said, thank you so much for joining us today. If you are a part of the SBCC family, we want to thank you again just for your continued giving and it is in and through your giving that the 
the, the ministries that we support are able to continue their efforts to be a blessing and to bring the gospel to surrounding areas within our community and outside of our community. So if again, SBCC is your church home, you can hop right on to the sbcclamore.org website, click donate and give your offering there, or you can bring it to the church office just right through the safe, secure slot in our door. You guys, thanks so much for joining us. We love you, but more importantly, Jesus loves you. That's the, that's the, the truth that we want you to hold on to. May it anchor you and would it just move you and compel you to do good in the name of Jesus Christ. Thanks so much, y'all. We'll see y'all later. I don't know why I punched the screen, but maybe I'm trying to get my fitness on. Uh, see ya. Well, thank you, John and the team. Thank you, Marcus and... I am excited about what could happen at the outdoor gatherings, folks. It might be the new norm for many more months. So uh, we experiment to see how it goes, and obviously we plan after that there. So we're looking forward to seeing that there happen on the 21st. But uh, this is Mastering the Art of Living Part 7. And this is going to be a tough one, folks, okay? Uh, I, it's going to be about a topic that we never really like to talk about, but Scripture often does. So, to get us started and settled in, let's have a little bit of humor, okay? There's several men are in a locker room of a golf club, and there's a cell phone lying on a bench, and it rings, and a man engages the hands-free speaker function and begins to talk, and everybody listens, and the man says, hello, and it's a voice of a woman on the other end that says, honey, it's me, are you at the club? And the man says, yes. And the woman says, well, I'm at the mall now, and I found this beautiful new coat. It's only $1,000. Is it okay if I buy it? And the man says, sure, go ahead. If you like it that much, I just want you to be happy. And well, the woman says, I also stopped by the Mercedes dealership, and I saw this new 2021 model, and I saw one in silver. It looked beautiful. The man says, how much? And the woman says, it's only $70,000. And the man says, okay, but, but for that price, I want it with all the options. The woman says, great. And oh, just one more thing, darling. The house that we wanted last year is back on the market, and they're asking offers over $950,000. Man, and the, and the man says, wow, well, well, go ahead and make them an offer, but start at $850,000. And the woman says, okay, thank you, darling. You're wonderful. I'll see you later. I love you. And the man says, bye. I love you too. And then the man hangs up. And the other men in the locker room are looking at him in astonishment. And then he asks, uh, anybody know whose cell phone this belongs to? <laughs> no, I get it. Maybe you don't get it yet, okay? Uh, the topic that I need to talk about today as we think about mastering the art of living is the topic of money. And it even impacts churches. The story is told of a man who went to a priest and said, Father, I want you to say a mass for my dog. It's my pet dog. I love that dog, and I'd like you to offer a mass for him. Well, the priest says, we don't offer masses for dogs here. You might try the denomination down the street. Ask them if they have a service for you. And as a man was leaving, he said to the priest, you know, I really love that dog. I was planning to offer a million-dollar memorial for the Mass. 
And the priest said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, you never told me your dog was Catholic. <laughs> I like that one as well, okay. John D. Rockefeller, the founder of Standard Oil Company, when he was asked, how much money does it take to make someone happy? He replied, just a little bit more than he has. And that's what people believe. If I could just have a little bit more, I'd be happy. Let me ask you a question. Who is more content? The man with a million dollars or the man with 12 children? And the correct answer is the man with 12 children because he knows he doesn't want any more. <laughs> Seneca, a Roman philosopher, he put it well many centuries ago when he says, money has never made anyone rich. I sometimes enjoy some of the writings of these old philosophers. I prefer Socrates, who said something I think is profound. He one time said, I cannot teach anyone anything. I can only make them think. And I think in all of my preaching experience for 20, 20 25 years, however long it's been, I oh know it's been more than that, actually. My mission in life is to cause people to rethink faith in Christ. So, here's what you need to know. We talk and we teach about the subject of money, not because the church has any particular money problems, but because people do. A few weeks back, Pastor Frank and our board chair, Jim, uh, sent you all a letter thanking you for being faithful at this time of COVID and staying true to honor God with your tithe. Thank you for your generosity. That's been a thumbprint of this church for as long as I've known this church, which is well over 14 years. But while the church is a generous church and we can pay all of our bills, we talk about money and the Scriptures talk about money because most people struggle with it. And in the New Testament, it is the only false god that Jesus specifically names. Some people know that they have money problems, and it consumes their lives. I used to be a banker, and, you know, I met people whose every decision and every choice and every day, they walked around in this cloud of debt and the fear of bankruptcy and the stress and the pressure of trying to make ends meet or trying to keep keep back the creditors. Uh, or it could just be trying to keep up, or it could just be trying to keep up with the Joneses. Either way, some of you know you have money problems and it consumes you. There's no joy, there's no happiness, there's stress and sleeplessness, and there's family fights and there's depression. Some of you are even ill because of your money problems. And I feel for you. I know that consuming pressure and you don't know how you're going to get out of it. And some people, they don't know that they have money problems, but actually it's slowly destroying their souls and they don't even know it. Here is how you could define 
Christianity being lived out correctly. Listen to this. We are to bring the presence of the kingdom and its king into every corner of human life simply by fully living in the kingdom with Jesus. Every corner of human life, our King Jesus and His kingdom should rule and reign. Every corner of human life means my spending. From my Starbucks $5 drive through drink to my half a million 3,000 square foot home to my monthly $500 rent. From my 350 monthly car payment to my Sunday $200 tithe or my $20 tip that I give to God. To master the art of living is to bring the rule and the reign of God into every corner of my life, my family life, my work life, my social life, my retirement plans, my career plans, my pleasures. There's no part of my life that Jesus does not rule and reign. But if we're honest, that's really not how we think. Open your Bibles to James chapter 4. And we're in this series called Mastering the Art of Living, and we're learning from James, the half-brother of Jesus, about how to live the right kind of life. And you would expect James to speak about money, which he does. Listen to what he says, chapter 4, verse 13. Now, listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. And then look down at the start of chapter 5 because he's got some pretty bold and condemning words for rich people. Now listen, he says, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted and moss have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed their fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourself in the days of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered innocent men who were not… I mean, that's… that's whoa-hoo-hoo! That's pretty intense. And in chapter 5, James is expanding what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. 
Remember, Jesus said these words, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven uh, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. James puts it like this, your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your silver and gold are corroded. Both Jesus and James are saying, not only in eternity, but in this life, money doesn't last. It's not the stuff of true or real value. And so, James writes this blunt warning, which gets worse in, you know, verses 5 and 6 of chapter 5. It's just a horrifying chapter because, let's be honest, compared to the rest of the world, we're all rich. Now, some preachers could have fun preaching this, pull the guilt cord tight, expose people's greed, and then ask for money and will increase the offering by 50% but only for a week, because a bad use of money is only the surface issue. Is that not the familiarity that we've got with what James says? That here's the things on the surface, but really we have to go under. The cause is deeper, and the cause is what we read about in chapter 4. So, you've got these condemning words in chapter 5, but chapter 4 reveals the cause, and James is saying that to master the art of living, do not live presumptuously. But most of us do. Most of us live life presuming about tomorrow. We presume tomorrow will come. We presume our jobs will still be there. We presume that our kids will still love us. We presume that our house will still be standing. We presume that the Dodgers will lose again. <laughs> but let's put this another way. It was the late Walker Percy. If you've never read Walker Percy, he's an interesting writer to read. Writes fiction, but he's always got a, a spiritual message coming through. Uh, Walker Percy said these words, 100% of people are humanists, and 98% believe in God. Okay, scratch your head, okay? That is genius. In other words, most people who claim to believe in God make their own decisions. That's what he's saying. Most people who claim to believe in God make their own decisions. Oh, did that pierce you? Here's a little picture on the screen of how many Christians function. I think this is quite, quite insightful. Bible briefly consulted to see if it supports already formed opinion. <laughs> That's how most Christians use this text. Kent Hughes wrote that most Christians change Augustine's love God and do as you please motto to 
do as you please and say that you love God. There is a discord between saying that you're following the way of Jesus, you're one of His followers, a disciple, and how we view our lives. There's a discord between saying that we are followers of Jesus and actually who is in control of our lives and the things of our lives and who makes those decisions. And it's from this discord that James goes on to talk about the misuse of wealth, the mismanagement of money, the abuse of what you and I have been given. But the root of it is this issue of presumption. We live presuming that our lives are our lives. And therefore, our things are our things, and our plans are our plans, and our money is our money. And James draws a line and says, something is out of order if you view life that way. There's a clash here between two worldviews, and to master the art of living, to live the way of Jesus… You cannot have two worldviews, you can only have one. Either it's the view that everything is yours, therefore you're in control, you determine your destiny, and you decide on your tomorrow. And I'll tell you folks, you'll know if, that, if that's your worldview by looking at your bank balance, by looking at your bank statement by looking and seeing what you do with your money and what you don't do with your money. That's what James is saying. Or there is another worldview, the Christ-following view, and that view says, tomorrow will happen only if God wills it. I will exist tomorrow only if God wills it. I am only because God has willed it, and therefore my destiny is in God's hands, and everything I have is in God's hands. And from this worldview, James speaks to people who believe it's their money, that they are in control, that they can do as they please and say they love God. So, you'll be judged on that principle because truly it's not your money. And that's why God directs us to bring to Him our tithe and our offerings because in bringing them, we're telling ourselves that God is the source and in control, and we are acknowledging God's presumptuous. God's presumption, not our presumption. One worldview leads to keeping and working all hours to have more, to make more, to borrow more, to spend more, to have more, but actually to become less. And one worldview leads to giving, but actually becoming more. So, time out. Which worldview do you follow? And before you answer, review your bank statement for the last many months. That'll tell you. When you pull it all back, the issue is control. 
It often is. For some people, you're listening, watching this morning, and despite saying that you believe in God, money controls you. It's your security. It's your identity. It's all wrapped up in how much money you have. For others, there are choices you would like to make, but you can't make those choices because of debt. There are things you would like to do, but you can't do them. Good things, Christian things, helping people. But because of poor choices you made regarding lifestyle and spending money, you're controlled by debt, and your decisions made poorly now determine how you live. Or you're listening, watching this morning, and you're financially secure. You've budgeted well. You've spent well. You've earned well. And as an ex-banker, doing all those things is wise, but it's cloaking a problem. There's still a control issue. It's your planning. It's your budgeting. It's your investing of your money, and you've not yet released control of it to God. For both types of people, those controlled by money and those controlling their money, human presumption can be a problem. So, what's the answer? How do I do this, Gilbert? Well, look at chapter 4, verse 15. And James gives us it here in chapter 4, verse 15, and let me share it to you in the Latin. Dio Volente, from which we get the letters DV, and in English, the meaning God willing. This is a mindset that brings immense freedom. It's a mindset of surrendering control. It's a mindset that overflows into every area of your life if you're following the master of life. It's a mindset that is behind these words, God willing. My father, a very godly man, was always using that phrase, God willing. This will happen, God willing. And even when he writes birthday cards or Christmas cards, he signs off D-V, Dio Valente, God willing. And so, Jesus has some really searching comments, comments that define. And one of the most challenging passages in the New Testament is Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 21, because in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 21, He says these words, "'Not everyone who says to Me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father, God willing, living life, mastering the art of living, part seven. When I place over every component of my life, every decision, every minute, every dollar, these words, God willing. It's a new reality. It's the reality of waking up every day and realizing that you are fully dependent upon God for every moment. And you, you see what James goes on to say. 
uh, at the end of chapter 4, when you don't have that worldview, that reliance, verse 16, then our lives are a brag or a boast about our self-sufficiency and our self-importance, and He calls that evil. In America, we call that strength, the self-made man. And Scripture says that's not good. That's evil. So, you have your life, and in your life, you have things. You have your work, you have your family, you have your money, you have your clothes, you have your toys. How you use them, view them, prioritize them flows out of two possible worldviews. Worldview number one, do as you please and say you love God. Or worldview number two, love God and do as you please. One has you in control, and the other is God willing. James again pushes us on being one, on being true, on being not divided. If you say you are a follower of Christ, then stop being controlled by money or stop controlling your money. It's not yours, and your children are not yours, and your business is not yours, and your house is not yours, and your retirement plan is not yours. Listen to the words of the 18th century revivalist preacher John Wesley. He said these words, Christians should work as hard as they can, earn as much as they can, spend as little as they can in order to give away all that they can. Because it's not yours. Stop living presumptuously. Here endeth mastering the art of living lesson seven. Let's pray. Oh, God, this is a hard one. Hard for every single person. For those of us who are battling, paying the bills, and we worry about our money, and we don't seem to have enough. To those who were very comfortable, and we don't really have problems with money, but we do sometimes have problems in not relying and seeing it as our security. Help us, God. And beyond money, help us look at our lives differently, that it all relies upon You, and stop us from living presumptuously, and help us every day to wake up and say, You've given us this day, God. It's a gift from You. Now, help me live it as in trust for You, not in trust for myself. May that revolutionize how we live and how we view today and tomorrow. Come, we pray, and help us. In Christ's name, amen. And I'll see you again next Sunday, God willing.